0: Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com/citizens. How's it going? Hello, good to be with you guys today. Yeah, open up your Bibles to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, we're continuing on in our series called Invitation. The psalmist David is inviting the listener into a deeper relationship with the Lord. He is inviting the listener, you and me, and people for thousands of years now who have heard this psalm. uh, He's inviting them to experience all the good things that the Lord has to offer them. Uh, There are tremendous benefits to following the Lord. Uh, You will live a life of purpose. You will live a life of joy. It won't be perfect. It won't be uh, picturesque. It won't even be without its hardship, but it will be meaningful and it will be good because the Lord is good and uh, David is inviting the listener in to a deeper relationship with God and uh, that's where we're continuing on tonight we're in verse 8 we're going down to verse 14 and I'm so excited for you guys to listen to these words you guys excited yeah you guys awake you Guys alive thankful to be in the Lord's house today right okay anyone anything Crickets? All right. Well, open up your Bibles. We are going to do something different. We are going to read this whole psalm. Now I'm going to pray once more, and then we're going to see what God has for us today. We have an awesome text here. I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. This is the passage and this is the word of the Lord. It says this, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. For the young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. God, would you be with us tonight? Uh, God, would we be like children before you, humble, uh, wanting to listen to you? Would you teach us And would we be willing to listen? Would we be humble enough to recognize that we're not at the center of this thing? Uh, It's not about us. It's not about us even getting something out of this message. This is about you. This is about your son glorified on high. And would we be humble like children before you now to listen to the words that you have to say? We love you. It's all this we pray in the name of Jesus, the powerful and the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, the uh, first verse here, taste and see that the Lord is good in verse eight is perhaps one of the most famous Psalms in all of the 150 Psalms that we get to read together. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Typically I think of this verse on like a crochet like pillow somewhere or in some really nice, beautiful font next to, like I don't know, a pothos plant on a, like an Instagram feed or something, right? Does anyone else get those vibes? Yeah, that's kind of what I think of when I read this verse, but as you read the verses surrounding it, you know how significant a passage like this is. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, every single one of us in this room, I've mentioned something like this similar before, uh, we're searching for the good life. We are searching for something that is good. We are searching for something that is meaningful. We want our lives to be good, uh, but so many people want good things in the wrong way, and also so many people think they know what good is, but at the end of the day, they're following their own feelings, they're following the perception of other people, or they're following their own sinfulness, but every single person wants to see good in their life, and the question everyone has to ask themselves is, how can I experience The good life. How can I have a life that is good? How can I uh, make sure I receive good things? And how can I bring good to the world surrounding me? How can I have a good life? The psalmist touches on this word good uh, nearly four times here in these few verses. So it's a central theme here. The Lord alone is good. And when he invites us, into a deeper relationship with him. That is how we experience the good life. Well, you can tell where people are trying to find goodness. You can tell where people are trying to find meaning and significance and joy and happiness from two things, typically. You can find out where people are looking for the good life by the way they spend their time and the way that they spend their money. Those are the two indicators of somebody who is searching for Uh, the good life. When someone spends their time on something or when someone spends their their money on something, it shows the value that that person has for that thing. Let me give you a few examples. Uh, I just was reading today. I looked at these numbers for this verse as I was thinking of so many things that people uh, try to do to escape either pain or find meaning or purpose or significance. And I was just looking for the number that people spend as a collective group. So I looked this up, Uh, Americans last, or excuse me, a few years ago in 2019, this is before the big, sad global pandemic that wreaked havoc on our world for a few years, in 2019, $80 billion was spent in leisurely travel. This isn't business, this isn't like traveling to get like one goods to like a certain state. This is leisurely travel, $80 billion was spent in 2019. Last year, and this is a sad sad statistic, 20% increase in the amount that Americans spent on alcohol, over $600 a person in 2022. Uh, Those are two things that people are spending lots and lots of money on to try and find happiness and joy. But what are people spending most of their time doing? Uh, Gen Z specifically. So 1997 through uh, the following years. I don't know when Gen Alpha started. I'm not quite sure. I think that was a few years ago. But our generation, right? And I say our because I was born in 20 or not 20. (laughs) I was born in 1997. Um, Our generation spends nearly 45 hours a week on social media and their phones, And that's like an average, right? That's a full-time job is 45 hours a week. Do you understand that? That's like a full-time job plus like working a little bit extra, 45 hours a week. People are looking for the good life, but they're looking to their phones. They're looking to alcohol. They're looking to travel. They're looking for experiences to know that their life has joy and meaning and purpose. But what the psalmist is doing here in this specific verse is he is inviting you and I to true goodness. And the only way you and I can live a truly good life is by knowing a true and good God. The only way that you and I can experience a good life in this room, if you're listening to my voice, is by being completely connected to a God who is good. And the psalmist says this, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear the Lord have no lack. The young lions suffer and want hunger, but those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. The first point tonight, in the search for meaning and significance and joy, we recognize that hungry hearts are satisfied in the presence of the Lord. Hungry hearts are satisfied in the presence of The Lord, as we pursue so many of these trivial things to find joy and to find goodness and to find happiness, I think often we miss what the first verse is saying, taste and see that the Lord is good. We all have restless hearts, restless spirits. There's a famous quote that says, my soul is restless until it finds rest in you. And I believe that quote. Humans are naturally looking for the next experience the next high to get them through whatever's bringing them down right now, the next thing to give them joy or happiness. And the reality is we're bloated with the things of this world, but are we truly satisfied? We're entertained down to the very nanosecond, but are we truly living? We're comfortable more than any other time in human history. Humans are the most comfortable that they've ever been right now. But are we doing good and experiencing good? These are the things we have to ask ourselves. The psalmist David says, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We learned last week uh, that David is fleeing King Saul. All right, he had a spear thrown at him. He is having a pretty tough day and he is fleeing physical persecution or possibly death from the hands of King Saul. And he is hiding uh, and he got uh, access by Abimelech, the king, uh, in order to hide in this cave. And he was able to escape uh, so many of his enemies at this point and the Lord has been good and he has blessed him. And now he is writing these words with a few people around him. Taste and see that the Lord is Good, he's professing his own testimony in the Lord as he is fleeing the persecution of this world. I like this verse here because um, he is using something so tangible here uh, for the listener, something that's so easy to understand. He compares the goodness of the Lord to something so real that you can taste it, that you can experience it, that you can know it, not just in like a, like a, like a metaphorical sense, but in a literal and true sense. You can feel and taste the goodness of God as he is fleeing persecution. Do you know when you taste something that's like really, really, really good? Let's say you have a favorite dish, a favorite food. We asked you earlier what your favorite snack was. Favorite snack, shout it out. What is it? Favorite snack. Chips and salsa. That's my favorite snack. Hot pocket. hot, hot pockets as a snack? Yeah, if I wanted to take a nap right after, maybe. If I wanted to like question all my life choices, yeah, hot pocket would be great. What else? Favorite snack? Huh? Pasta pasta pa- pa- snack. Pasta is like a dinner. Goldfish. Oreos, Oreos, goldfish, great snacks. All right. I love it. I could talk about food all day. Why? Because we need food. Hey, isn't this awesome? Every single person in the room needs food. Like you and I need food to survive three meals a day is preferably what we should be doing. But also food can be really awesome. You know, when you just had this experience, whether you have gone to a nice restaurant, or maybe it's not even nice. Maybe it's just Applebee's, but something about those chicken tenders just hits different. And you're just like, yes, I love this so much. My favorite thing on social media was like a few years ago, the big thing was just like posting pictures of your food. Do you remember this, right? This a little, I mean, it it still happens, but it was like every day for a little bit, everyone was like, hashtag this or that. There is only, you can only describe food with your words so much right? You can only be like, man, this pizza, I'm telling you, it was the best pizza ever. It was like the, like, like it was, the sauce was just like the perfect, it was sweet, it was awesome, and then the, the, the cheese was cooked just, to, right? You can only describe it so much to the point where you're like, okay, but like, I can't taste it. Have you noticed that? One of the best experiences is like, just like hyping up food and then bringing someone to that restaurant with you and having them experience how good that food is, right? This happened just to me this week. Um, I went to a place, I love Thai food. Ginger pop is an awesome, anyone been to ginger pop here in Vancouver? So good. It is so good. And I was talking about it for like a year and I'd never taken my wife there. And I took her there this Monday and she was like, this is good. I'm like, I know, I know, I know, right? This is awesome experiencing something like that together, the psalmist David is saying, this is my story of the Lord. I've seen that he's good. I've tasted and seen that he is good. There's a certain obligation in the life of a Christian to speak about the good things of God, to mention how he is good. Yes, to evangelize in that way. But there is also an obligation to invite someone in to actually experience what the Lord has to offer. There's a difference between God's so awesome, he changed my life, he can change yours. And hey, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you what he's done in my life. I want you to come to youth group and see how he works in other people's life. I want you to come to church. I want you to come to this Bible study. I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. This is a testimony of David and all of us have a testimony as well. If you know Jesus Christ in this room, the Lord's been very good to you. And you have a story that you can share with somebody else. The only way to communicate something like this is to share that experience together. And I'm so excited for a few weeks, we have this gospel-centered event coming up here right at the church where hundreds of students from around the area get to come and gather, and it's not about the games, it's not about the lights, it's not about the hype, it is about the gospel message on full display. Who needs to see that the Lord is good? Who needs to hear it and who needs to taste and see that He is good? Maybe it's you and if you're newer in the room and I would invite you there, but who in your life do you know beyond the shadow of the doubt, the Lord is like just putting their face right in front of you when you close your eyes, and you think about them, they're there. Who is that person who needs to see that the Lord is good? Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. These are one of these verses in scripture that we kind of like read again and again and again and again I don't want it to lose its meaning. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord. The Lord's always gonna be a refuge and strength to you. At any moment in your life, the Lord will be there for you on your saddest days, on your loneliest days, on your painful days, and even on your most sinful days. Even on days where you push God away by the things that you do and the things that you say and the things that you think, the Lord is a refuge to you. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him, who fears the Lord. The Lord's a refuge to you. The Lord's not angry, he's not vindictive, he's not a bully, he loves you, he cares about you. And there's an invitation to know him deeper, to turn from the things that you're holding to and embrace the Lord in faith. God is a refuge. And now physically, David has been protected. He's probably, he's in a cave. He's hiding from physical danger and the Lord gave him that refuge. But on any of your worst days, the Lord is a refuge to you as well. Jesus says, I'm gentle and lowly. He said his burden is easy and his yoke is light. God's attitude towards you isn't like begrudgingly he'll let you back in. God's attitude towards you isn't this, this person again, haven't they walked away 80 billion times in the past? The Lord's a refuge. Blessed is the person who takes refuge in him. Verse nine, oh, fear the Lord, O you saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Those who fear the Lord, they don't lack anything. The young lions suffer and they want and they hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The fear of the Lord is a blessing. Let's talk about this. O fear the Lord, you his saints. People who follow after the Lord should have a healthy fear of the Lord as well. And this is not a bad thing. To fear the Lord's means you don't care about anyone else's opinions, anyone else's rules, anyone else's perspective, but you do fear God. You do have a healthy reverence for God. Everything else will fall to the background, but when you have a correct view of God, you will have a healthy fear of the Lord. And this is a blessing. All throughout the wisdom literature, all throughout the Psalms, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To fear the Lord is to view him correctly. And this is a blessing. This is a good thing. For those who fear the Lord, his saints, the us, the church, the people of God, those who fear him, they don't lack anything. We'll talk about that for a second. While the young lions suffer and they want and hunger, Those who seek the Lord or fear the Lord, they don't lack anything. Nobody else's opinion, nobody else's rules, nobody else's perspective. God is supreme. A life obedient to him will lead to blessings. A life that's disobedient to him will lead to consequences that you bring on yourself. And that's what we don't like to talk about a lot. But to fear the Lord is to want to keep his rules, to want to keep his instructions, to want to keep what he says is good. And now, a lot of people fear things that are evil. The Lord's not evil. The Lord is good. Let me put it like this. Uh, so I have a dog named River. Here's a picture of him. I found, I asked my wife to send me a picture, and this is the one she sent me. This is him in a blanket, which is, I know, it's just so cute, right? Everyone, you can. aw, right? Three, two, one, aw. Boo, What? Someone boo my dog? Come on. That's lame. Uh, This is my dog, River. And I love him to death. He is probably, he's like 50-something pounds, 60-something pounds. He's a big dog. We take him for a walk pretty much every day. At least him and I have gone for walks every day for a little bit now. And um, my dog is afraid of everything. Yeah, My dog is afraid of literally everything. If someone slams the car door like like a mile away, he's like, what was that, right? You know, he's just like ADHD to the like 20th degree. He's scared of everything and he's especially scared of other dogs. I don't know why, He's had like no, maybe one bad experience with another dog, but like, I mean, any dog. I mean, the smallest little chihuahua that you could ever see who's just barking. He just goes crazy. And what, what he does on these walks, whenever he sees another dog, he'll just like crawl between my legs and just like shake there for a little bit and just like look at this other dog. I know he is such a scaredy cat. Love him, super cute, terrified of everything. And there are so many times where I'm like, dude. You're a 40-pound or you're a 60-pound golden retriever. This is a two-pound chihuahua. Yeah, I think, I think if worse came the worse, I think you could take him, bro. Right? I'm just saying, right? And he never would because look at him. It's like a How, yeah, exactly. And there's so many things in life that we fear for no reason. There are so many things in this life that captivate us in fear that shouldn't have we shouldn't even give a second thought. There's so many things in this life that we are, uh, we are completely subjected to its rulership because we fear it so much. What you fear and to what degree you fear that thing shows you how much you perceive its power. Let me say that again. What you fear and to what degree you fear that thing shows how much you perceive its power in your life if you are fearful of other people's opinion of you, right, if that person in your class doesn't like you, all of a sudden your whole week is ruined, you have a fear of man. You fear other people's opinion, other people's perspective. And that has a large hold over your life in that moment. There are so many things that we fear as Christians that we shouldn't even think about. We shouldn't even give a second thought to. People's opinion even, even people that you respect and love and care for, uh, uh, the, 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 the spirit of the age and the, the narrative that's being thrown at you from, from, from the rulers and the principalities of this age, right? All of these things we shouldn't fear for a second. Why? Because we should fear the Lord. We should fear the Lord over everything and anything. And those who fear him will have what? They will have no lack, meaning you will have everything you need when you fear the Lord over everything else. David says, fear one thing, fear God. Not because he's unpredictable, not because he's mean, not because he's cruel, but because he's awesome. And I mean that in the, uh, the actual way and the actual meaning of the word, because he is awesome. He inspires all because he is powerful and because he is good, but he is not safe, as C.S. Lewis famously puts it. Those who fear the Lord know the refuge that he provides to his saints. Those who fear him, they will lack nothing the young lion here. The young lion here uh, is not referring to maybe an actual lion. You're like, which lion is David talking about? I thought that was the other guy in the lion's den, right? No. Um, The young lion here is a symbol of uh, like an enemy, an enemy or somebody who's out to seek and destroy the things of God. In this case, it's used again in Psalm 35 in the next Psalm. Uh, Lion means enemy. There you go. Someone who's not following after the Lord. So someone who's not following after the Lord, a lion in this case, suffers want and hunger. Notice that Uh, is connected directly to what we see in verse eight. Those who do not follow the Lord are suffering from hunger, but those who are following the Lord taste and see that the Lord is good, AKA they are having a sustaining life force directly from the Lord. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. As I was reading verses nine and 10, I just couldn't help but think, Do I really believe that God is all that I need? Do we really believe that God is all that we need? What if you're not missing out on anything else when you go to the Lord? What if God alone has enough power to satisfy your soul? What if when you run to the Lord and you have him, you don't need anything else? Do I believe that? Do I act like that's true? Does my life reflect that? Do I talk to other people like that's true? What if you're not missing out on anything? What if there's not a single thing that this world has to offer that is like secretly kind of fun and cool? But like, I'll go to the Lord when I need him, but also like, I kind of want this. To, what if you're not missing out on anything? What if there's nothing? Drinking, smoking, partying, sex, whatever it is. What if all that leads to death? Like actually. And what if the Lord is telling the truth here? That when we fear him and we follow his instructions and we follow his rules, we're not missing out on anything. Everything we have is right there. Could that be true? Is it true in your life? It certainly hasn't been true in mine for many years. And I pray that that's not you. Those who fear the Lord lack no good thing. Look at that. They lack no good thing. Any good thing that you could ever need is found in the Lord. But the question is, do you believe that? You see, the issue is not the lack of good that the Lord provides. Our issue is desiring the things that the Lord says is sinful. Our issue isn't the lack of good things. Like, God, I know you have good things, but like, I just need some more stuff a little bit here. No, 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 that is not it whatsoever. Our issue is desiring the things that the Lord says is sinful. We don't have a supply issue. We have a desire issue. Our heart and mind has been skewed to believe that the things that would bring us death are actually gonna sustain us. When the Lord says, when you fear me and you follow me, you don't lack anything that's good anything and everything that is good for you can be found in the presence of God and following after him in your life. Do you believe that? God is offering us a healthy and fulfilling meal at his table, but we'd rather eat in the pig pen outside. God is offering us living water that we will never thirst again, but we would rather wander through the desert of our own depravity. God offers us too many good things, overflowing amount of good things, but we suffer want because we want the wrong things. Maybe it's not a supply issue. It's a desire issue. The Lord has everything, right? Right? The Lord has everything, right? He's not short on time. As Bono famously said, he's not short on cash. He's a singer from the 80s. Don't worry about it. Not even the adults get that, probably, right? I, it, it's all this to say. All this to say. The Lord doesn't lack anything. The Lord has everything, and the Lord has every good thing for you if you would follow after him. It's good news. The issue is not the lack of good that the Lord provides. Our issue is desiring the things he said is sinful. What if God is enough? What if God is enough? How would your life change if this is true? The young lions, those who aren't following the Lord, the evil doers, they suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. What if this is true? What things can you leave behind? What things can you put away? What, what, what deeper level of relationship with God can you run to? What if this is true? Do you believe that? What if God is good enough? What if he's more than enough? What if he alone is responsible for your soul's satisfaction? What if he's enough? I believe he is. And I believe that if you're starving right now, if you're wanting more, The instructions of the psalm is clear. Taste and see that he is good. Run to him. There's an invitation to follow after him. There's an invitation to know him. There's an invitation to fear him. And there's an invitation to take refuge in him. Take refuge in him. Do not nibble on the dirt and the grime that the world has to offer you and says, this is gonna like really be awesome for you. Feast at the table of the Lord, experience all the good things that he has for you. What if he is enough? It's reminded me of a passage in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, this is a Sermon on the Mountain. And uh, this is the part where Jesus is speaking against people. Uh, he is speaking to the people and he is employing uh, them to not be anxious about anything. Not, not about what you wear, not about the food that you're gonna eat. And he says this, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these, talking about the uh, birds of the field. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith, therefore don't be anxious about anything. What shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. Here's the key verse. But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. God knows what you need. God knows what you actually need. God knows what you don't need. Would you trust that that's true? He knows what you need. Do you trust that? Every good thing can be found in the presence of the Lord. Every good thing that you actually need can be found in the presence of the Lord. And I don't think we need a lot. We need food, need that to live. We need shelter, we need community, and we need the Lord. There's a lot of things we want. There's a lot of things we can have. But the Lord gives us everything we need. And those who fear him lack nothing. Hungry hearts are satisfied in him. Look at verse 11. It says, come, O children, listen to me. Again, the psalmist said uh, very, uh, last week, he has a very humble position before the Lord, and anyone who uh, refers to himself as a child uh, is, not, um, is not having a false sense of humility. Anyone who refers to themselves as a child before the Lord is actually referring to themselves correctly. Uh, all of us before the Lord should act like children. All of us before God should say, I know nothing. I need everything from you. The psalmist is taking a humble approach here and he's imploring the listeners to be humble as well. It says, come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Now, this is a really good point. Uh, To fear the Lord, this could take time. This could take years. It's taken me years to truly fear the Lord and to want to follow after him. It could take a long time. It's not necessarily an instantaneous thing Right? I completely understand the Christian life. No, uh, but we need someone to teach us. We need someone to follow after. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many good days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. We see that hungry hearts are satisfied in the presence of the Lord and old hearts are transformed. There is something that God can do when you go to him. Your desires can change. Your perspective on what will bring you life and what will bring you death can be set right Those who go to the Lord, they don't suffer lack of anything. They have all these things before them that they have. And verses 11 through 14 show us that old hearts can be completely transformed in the presence of God. That the Lord can cause them to seek out good and to do good. That is only possible with a relationship with God. We want to experience life, but we also want to, uh, we want to experience a good life, but we also want to bring good into this life, to seek out justice and peace and pursue it. I like it. Uh, The NIV says verse 12 like this, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. I actually really like that translation. Whoever wants to see many good days, this is what he should do. This is what she should do. This is what we should do. Keep on your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit turn away from evil and do good seek peace and pursue it so many people are seeking peace I man i just want peace bro after a long stressful day or stressful week you can picture someone exhausted emotionally physically and they're just like i just want peace i'm just so tired i want peace I mean, I just wish something good would happen to me, bro. It just seems like life has been lame recently. I want something good to happen. But there's an uh, interesting perspective here where those desires are awesome things. But the psalmist doesn't say, wait for peaceful things to happen. Doesn't say, wait for good things to happen. He says, seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. Look to do good. Look to be good. Look to be the good news in your area. Look to be peace. Look to be good. Put away evil speech, evil talk, and turn to the things that are good. If you want to experience good things in life, you have to put evil away. You got to put evil away. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Uh, The Lord says that out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And so in this verse, like 13, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceit. This is someone whose heart is clearly in uh, a state of sinfulness. But in the presence of the Lord, you can have these desires completely transformed. Seek peace and pursue it. In these uh, few verses here, I think it's really interesting. It opens up in verse eight with a reference here. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is an accessible God. This is a God who isn't far off. He's not distant. It's not a puzzle to solve. I've said this many times, and I think it's really important to understand. It's not a puzzle to solve. It's not a map to follow. It's an invitation into a relationship with a living God who is able to hear you, see you, understand you, and is inviting you into a relationship with him. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good the illustration of food to represent God. This isn't the first or the only or the last time this will happen. Jesus actually refers to himself as food. Did you know this? We've talked about this before. In John six, verse 31 through 40, Jesus calls himself the bread of life. I think it's really fascinating. The psalmist describes the goodness of God of something that you can taste, you can experience. The accessibility and the goodness of God is evident and Jesus does the same exact thing. Listen to this in John 6, verse 31 through 40. It says, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread of heaven, the people of Israel. It wasn't Moses who did that. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the whole world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus literally fed them just the day before and they're kind of stalking Jesus because they want more food. This is the context. In verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me yet you don't believe. All that the Father gives to me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I shall never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. For this is the will of my Father. Everyone who looks on the Son and believes should have eternal life. God is good and God is near. He's bread that doesn't go bad. He is a sustaining goodness that will follow you throughout your life, no matter what you do. He is ready and he is here. He's life, taste and see that he is good. This is the main idea, the culmination of all this text. It says, those who turn to the Lord will find his goodness. Those who turn to the Lord will find his goodness. When you turn from your sins, when you recognize that you've just been wallowing in garbage your whole life and say, you know, I don't actually want that anymore. You're gonna to turn to a God who's an angry, who doesn't stick his nose about you. You serve a God who became sin, who knew no sin. You see, we serve a God named Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus is fully God and fully man, a great mystery that we love and we worship and we celebrate. But Jesus actually walked here on this earth he he got his hands dirty for us. He decided to step down from his throne in heaven to serve us, and he died a sinner's death. But on the third day he rose again, so that those who turned to him could find his goodness. When we turn to the Lord, we're not gonna get his anger, we're not gonna get his wrath, we're not gonna get his punishment. When we turn to the Lord in humility, we will receive his grace and we will receive his son and you will receive the bread of life and you will never hunger again. That's the good news of the gospel. We serve a God who loves you. He cares for you and he is here for you. You can experience that goodness tonight. The only way to the good life is to know a good God and we serve a good God. Taste and see that he's good student. Blessed are you and me when we take refuge in him. Fear him, you his saints, us here at Citizens Youth. When we fear him, we're not gonna lack anything. Though so many people around us are searching for good things, they won't find them in their own sinfulness. But when we seek out the Lord, we will lack no good thing. Let's come together and listen to the words of David as he teaches us the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires Life and loves many days that he may see good. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. It's my prayer for us today. Let's pray together. God, I pray that we would seek peace and pursue it. We're thankful that uh, you sent your son into this uh, dying and dead world to uh, give it life. I pray for the person in the room right now who um, wants... Uh, That reality, they want to see that you are good. God, I pray that you would continue to impress on their heart uh, their next step. Maybe it's to confess a sin. Maybe it's to uh, pray for repentance or pray uh, uh, for forgiveness, Lord, and to repent. God, I pray for everyone in this room who um, doesn't always see you correctly, They think that when they mess up, they have to hide their sin. They think that when they uh, mess up, they need to uh, run to something else or they think if I've sinned already, I might as well keep sinning, God. I pray that they would uh, not think these things and that they would recognize that you are good, you are good and you love us, you care for us. I pray that uh, we wouldn't needlessly wander to the things that brought us death in the first place, but will we focus on you and the life that you bring us. God, I pray for uh, the person in the room who... Um, has an influence uh, in their school, or an influence in their family, or an influence wherever you send them. God, uh, I pray that they would use that influence, and that they would use um, that um, that influence that you've given them, uh, in order to tell other people of the goodness of God. God, I pray for our conference in just three weeks from Friday. Hard to believe. God, I pray that there would be students who are lost. I would walk in and find and see that you are good. Uh, God, I pray that we would be humble enough to um, just get off the throne of our own lives. We'd be humble enough to recognize it's not about us. It's not about a name. It's not about an event, but this isn't about you. I pray that we would be humble enough to recognize that we're just beggars uh, who need bread and telling other beggars where they found their bread. I pray that that would be true. Uh, Give these students boldness over the next few weeks, God, and uh, would you invite us in constantly uh, through the preaching of your word, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Uh, to a deeper and more personal connection to you. We love you, Lord. It's all this we pray in your precious and holy name, the name of Jesus, amen.